See him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Big John. Big John. Big John in the house. Big bad John. Thank you. We'll be back in the rum chat. This is my favorite stock contractor song. This one, Craig. I like the picture the Powder River truck pulling up, the old flat top, Pete, the juice. juice. I'll tell you what. It's all polished out, got bucking horses on it. The song is playing. When you get the juice, you don't know what's going to be playing. Is that not the perfect stock contract or something? Craig gets out. That's sort of thing. Ah, we're back, everybody. Very special edition of the Rump Chat. Uh, You know, for everybody that's ever listened to this, we know, you know that we talk a lot of stock contractors and um, get to talk shit with a lot of people and and uh, so the two guys I have on is I've wanted to have on for quite a while. Me and Hambone have wanted to make it work, but you know during the NFR and shit happening, and you know people are busy and it's hard to adjust schedules. But finally, four years after the podcast has started, even though Hambone's in Texas and I'm up here at Gillette, Wyoming, we have the Powder River Rodeo crew, two of the uh, most amazing um, stock contractors. In the world, right here Thanks. at the Holiday Inn. Heck yeah. We well, have the great John Franzen and Craig Rowe, Craig at Midnight. You know, this is rodeo, and we're in a hotel room, you know? I mean, we just, that's what we do, is we go from town to town, hang out in hotel rooms, and then go to the rodeo. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is my first time, and I'm sure you guys have been here a lot, but this is my very first time to Gillette for the Buck and Ball. That's what we're all in town for. Uh, yesterday was the Bronx Futurity uh, that the Birches put on, and it was it's so cool. Um, I, I felt like yesterday that I've actually made it in rodeo because when you can go sit in the office and you know everybody and and you know all your friends are there and you know like Tammy Vold and and uh, Bruce and the Bruce that spilled beer on you, yeah. old Bruce the old cow trucker, uh, like uh, Jim Wilson, and yeah. you know, like the whole crew that you know. It, I, I've I've mentioned this a lot on the show, but the rodeo deal is Hotel California. You know, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. You know, absolutely. Like we're all fucked in this business, yeah. and especially you two. I mean, I've said it a hundred times. Uh, you don't you don't ever quit. You just die doing it. You know, like think about. Try to name one stock contractor that actually got out and stayed out, made some money, and like went away. You know, Damn, Scotty, Scotty Lovelace tried it. He tried and to he get come out. back, and he did it again. And you're just like, you can't do it. You know, and think of all the guys. You know, Harry Vole and all these great legends, <laughs> and they all just died doing it. They didn't quit. Yeah, look at Cotton Rosser. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just everybody. It's why. And so uh, for you guys that don't know, Powder River Rodeo Company, uh, one of the top five stock contractors in pro rodeo and have amazing horses and bulls going back to Qaddafi, um, Miss Congeniality, Two Buck Chuck Now, which we're going to talk about him, uh, Lipstick and Whiskey, Craig at Midnight, the 
the Craig at midnight that I actually got to flank. We'll tell that story in a little bit. Named <laughs> after Craig. Yeah. And Craig, don't be afraid to bail in. Uh, Craig, you know, Craig's about seven foot tall, and and uh, he's a good talker. However, he did say that he was a little shy to talk, so they actually brought in a few beers. So we're, we're going to get Craig lubed up a little bit. But for, for you guys been in the business, I believe, since the 80s. Yeah, 87. Yeah, 86, actually, uh, when we first started getting going or whatever. My folks started uh, it on their own, and um, – yeah, it's pretty amazing what they've done. Uh, two kids that didn't get anything passed down to them. I mean, they they started everything, started their breeding program. Um, yeah, they're 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 pretty special people because they did it the hard way. You know, like we talk about trucking a lot. Like that that's part of being a rodeo stock contractor right. or any. I mean, that's trucking is like ninety percent of it. You know, funny, my dad's been <laughs> saying it this last past year. You know, he says, I don't even know who I work for anymore. I just put my head in the collar and go, <laughs> you know, and it, it's true. You just keep working at it. And, and for what they've done and accomplished, it's just, uh, it's really cool for me to be able to pass it on to maybe my future kids. But, you know, Craig, he's been along with me uh, for what, 14, 15 Has it years? been that long, Craig? Yeah be probably 12 years now so yeah that's got to be more than 12 because i started clowning 12 years ago so yeah yeah it's 12, been 13 yeah yeah it's been, been a hell of a ride and so you're stuck in it too craig yeah you're in the stock contractor vortex that none of us can escape yeah there's <laughs> nothing better than showing up at a rodeo and you know seeing the committees and having fun bucking horses and you know drinking beer well that's what i've always said you know uh, and I've said it several times when I would win Clown of the Year. I'm like, you know what, everybody? Don't forget the guys in the back. Yeah. Loading and sorting and getting your ass kicked and muddy and shitty and yeah. putting out feed tubs and getting rained on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, – but even when I did that, you know, uh, looking back, uh, those days weren't bad. Like, no. in my mind, in the stock contractor game, and, and there's something I want to talk about in, here in a minute, but – the growing up in it as you and I have, it's just it's it's something else that I can't explain, and I don't think people um, out there quite understand it. And even looking at yesterday, the 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 TJ Corco's here, and he's got cactus with him, and you know his cactus is like thirteen, and he's six foot tall, and yeah. and getting the the uh, Corco mullet. And you look at Wade Sankey uh, taking over and and winning the Bronco of the Year with black tie this year, and. Reno Rosser running the Flying U and, and Kirsten that uh, what she's done since Harry's passed away and yeah um, you just it's the group you it's with in the your Powder blood, River you know it, it's in your blood and then you just don't you don't it's almost like you don't know how to do anything else better like I could do a lot of things I went and bulldogged I mean I rodeoed hard for fifteen years and all but like the breeding program and the stuff that people don't see you know the things that we do every day. That gets in your blood to a point where you you don't know how to do anything else better. And, you know, the, the thing about the stock contracting game is you're not going to get rich. Like, you don't be like, you know what? Man, I want to make some dough. Yeah. I want to get in the rodeo business. <laughs> Have you, it's like the old joke. I know you guys heard it every, you know how you make $2 million in the rodeo business? Start with four million. Yeah, yeah, I mean shit's expensive. Yeah, and it's funny too because the outside world, you know, I was telling my fiance Kara, we're not ever going to be rich, babe. But we're going to. And gonna, she is so beautiful. <laughs> we're going to die doing what we love, and there's nothing that makes a person more rich than that. Well, 
take going back when you were talking about the bulldogging days, growing up in the rodeo business. Uh, you know, you guys always had several rodeos. Um, you bulldogged great. Your knees had trouble staying together, as mine, yeah. as so many people's. But I mean, you you made a pretty good run for the NFR. So you know, I I want to you know just let people know that that more than just a stock contractor, because I used to get that sometimes. Be like, well, you ain't bulldogging good enough to be a stock, you know, yeah. whatever. But thing about it is you bulldog great and you give it a hell of a run it got pretty close a time or two yeah you know um i missed the uh, finals by 1400 bucks and and i always thought well heck i got it that far like i'll make the finals but what what really and and not saying it held me back but i always fell back when it when things went rough or i couldn't make enough money or whatever it was i'd always fall back to going back to to um to the rodeo company. Mm -hmm. I've constantly always fell back to that. And I, I almost wonder what it would have been like if rodeo was all I had uh, on, on the contestant side of things, instead of when things went bad, I just go right back to the rodeo company and start flanking bucking horses. And I was happy again. And it's like that crippled me in some ways, but in the, in the, in the other sense of what I was doing for 15 years. And I didn't realize it at the time was I was, I was becoming a better rodeo producer I went to everybody else's rodeo all over the country. I watched their entertainment, their clowns, their announcers, their sound men, their production as a rodeo. I watched their livestock. I, I watched what worked and what didn't work. And that's what's helped our rodeo company so much. And not only that, but I have the camaraderie of the contestants to know that I've been down that road. I know yeah, what it's you're not like. A, not you're not a one-dimensional dude. That, I'm not going to put something in there that I don't feel like you can place on because I know what it's like to drive all night to a rodeo and not have a chance. I saw something you put on uh, social media a while back that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, you put something on there about your, your herd of horses and said that something about you should be able to place on the, the C team just as much as the A team. Or what was that quote? It was so freaking good. Uh, it's hard telling. God no, I, dang! I wish Craig. What was it? I, I can't remember. I put a lot of bullshit on there. No, but it was so good when you're talking about your horses. You know, um, I just, I, I try to match our horses and our pins to where I feel like I'm not gonna have two buck Chuck in a pin of horses at a rodeo that, uh, you know, there's a colt or a bunch of stout horse like my Eliminator pin. You know, we talked about the Chase Hawks. They bring all the horses from the NFR. Well, that's great, but I my the horses that I even brought weren't even even. I mean, I had three horses that were in the eliminator pin and then two in the hopper pin. So they, they already were uneven. Just because they went to the NFR doesn't mean it's an even pin. And I, I think – Well, but, you know, honestly, your bareback riders or bronc riders aren't even. They, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, like – I will say one thing, and I'm not talking shit, but I am. This when, is rump when, chat. You when can we, talk as much shit as you want. We are – a bigger drawing contest. It's a bigger drawing contest for us contractors than it is the cowboy coming to our rodeo. I agree. And I'm not going to name names. No, but, but there, there's guys that I draw and I'm like, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, I don't, Miss Valley's our very best horse. She is 99.999 the best every time. Like she never has a bad day. You think she could draw a good cowboy? Like, three times out of her 15 trips a year. Okay, but hold on. It's not just drawing a, a, a bad cowboy. 
but the right one. The right one. Superman. Handles his reign. Superman of, of Benny Butler's is a small horse. Yeah. Bobby Moat, Hall of Famer, bareback rider, world champion. Love Bobby Moat. Love him to death. Great guy. Been on Rump Chat. Yep. He did not fit that horse at all. No. Because Bobby's six foot four, yep. you know, long and tall as Craig, yep. you know, and then he would draw Superman or one of them smaller horses, and it just didn't work. And it's yeah. not like, man, Bobby, you suck, or the horse sucks. Just you put Will Lowe on the same horse, and you're yep. good. Yep. But, yeah, the, the, the contest, the constant beating your head on the wall, because you know, like, yep. especially with the Cowboy Channel, stock contractors be hating on each other. Yeah. Like, oh, they yeah. will shake their hand in person. Oh, man. But you know behind the scenes, every stock contractor is watching people stock and going, look at that piece of shit. Why would they haul that motherfucker well, here? Like, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, we talk about, like, I don't even go into the contractor's room down at the NFR. You like, don't? No. I just. Where do you drink beer at? Bareback Rider's room, Bronc oh. Rider's room. But they're all my buds. Right. So it's a little different deal. You know, most of the guys that are in the contractor's room, and it is just so quiet. Like, you walk in there. It used to be fun. You know, they'd drink out of the keg and everything. Everybody was having fun in the contractor's room because those guys kind of grew up together. Jerry Camp, Scott Walton, my dad. You know, and they that was a clan, you know. Even when Benny, you know, they're all the same age. You used to have wrestling matches and shit down in there. Oh, they well, cannot pull that now, off anymore. Now they just sit there with their arms crossed. Well, and there's so many partners on every card. Hell, I don't even know who they are. I don't know where, what company they're You used to know every contractor with every guy, and even if they had, you know, like a Craig Rowe for us or a flank man for somebody else, you don't even. You have to look at their badge to find out what company they're even on. Well, this is, Benny told me this, and it was funny as shit. Benny, uh, one time he says, look at that guy, the, the news guys and stock contractors. He said, they'll be out of business for the paint on the side of that brand-new Peterbilt dries. Yeah. He's well, right. it, it, but I mean, we are in a different time where the old rodeo companies are not like the. I'm not. I don't want to say not the dominant because I mean, obviously, you guys are good. But you know, there there's so many people that that uh, I, I researched this uh, in 1985 at the NFR. There was 26 stock contractors. Yeah. 26. This year at the NFR, there's 121. Yeah. For the same amount of stock. Yeah. So, um, and when John's talking about the the stock contract room underneath the Thompson Mac, um, in the back alley where you see the bull riders hit their helmets off the wall yeah. and throw fits and shit, pussies. Um, you can hear them coming down too. Like we'll be watching because they make us they make us flank men. We can't actually go out on the buck and shoots unless we have an animal out. We have to sit right. underneath. So we're watching it on the TV, and you know you watch watch the cowboy. <laughs> get bucked off you know and then you can see him walk out the gate and then the camera goes somewhere else and then i'll hear you just hear this bell flinging down people. the hallway and a helmet going and, motherfucker you know oh, yeah. I mean, it's just all down the hallway and you're just like whoop, whoop, whoop. they put all the stock contractors at the end of the hall yeah and they bring in shitty on like what like those just things like those little flames with the oh my goodness that what, is so terrible like the worst yeah and the the fruit is like brown, you know. The vegetables are brown. Like you, if you if you're eating there, you're either drunk or so hungover that you got to get something to eat, you know. And you'll see a few guys. There's guys that go down in there and eat every night, you know, the chicken wings and all. Who, this stuff. who eats in the stock contractor room every night? I couldn't tell you what their names are. I don't know them. Well, it's, I mean, anybody that's been there long enough, there's one night that you eat it at the contractor's room. The last Saturday, Michael gone comes in and feeds us prime rib and shrimp 
and that's the one night that we eat down there. And Dad and I, we eat, and then we leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, if you think about it, the old the old guard, you know? Yeah. Volds, Franzen, Servi, Flying U. Um, shit, even Stay Smith is starting to be in the yeah. older crowd. He's been around for a while, but yeah. like the... The old and some of those are gone. The uh, some of the rodeo companies have kind of went away. But then you know, like I seen that too. I know exactly what you're talking about. Pull up to the South Point and look in the parking lot and it'd be like, Four Aces All Star Pro Rodeo Company." Yeah, like who's these? What? Who are you? When the NFR list come out, and then of course Craig's like, he's like a. A encyclopedia like when i don't know something i'm just like craig do you know this guy Craig, hit us with Man. it talk a little yeah. bit and he'll he'll get on it he'll get on his phone and he'll like this is where he's from this is the horses i'm just like how did he get a horse there to the finals you know like i didn't even know he had a rodeo yeah like we were looking at it and i was like who the hell are these guys like never heard of them they're from south arkansas or something You're just generations like, pro rodeo yeah. yeah who the hell is that yeah. that yeah. didn't go so well i don't know if you guys watched that horse I don't even know who they are. Yeah. I don't, I'm not yeah. talking shit. No, but I'm I not either. I'm just saying that I don't. I was curious to watch the animal because I thought, well, that's cool, you know, first year company or whatever, and you know, get a horse there. And I'm like, I'm what? Whoop whoop whoop. Boy, I can't imagine <laughs> like the feeling of, and I get nervous. Like I'm a nervous motherfucker all yeah. the time, but I cannot even imagine being like, oh man. I got my got me a horse at the finals. Oh. Then he runs off, and then everyone's staring at you, and you're like, "I just want to die. I don't. I'm just going to leave the Thompson Mac, not even take the horse home. Yeah. I'm going to go to the airport, and you will just never see my fat ass ever again. Yeah, you know. It, and you can see the nervousness in a lot of guys their first time down there. Heck, I was nervous the first time I got to flank my horses. You know, and my dad to, to allow me to do that at 18 years. Was old. it? A, was it a weird? Was it kind of like a? Like the birds and the bees talk a little bit. It was like, John, I need to visit with you about something. No, it just You got old enough that, guess what? <laughs> you know, not really, because he put me in some situations long before that, that I, you know, we we started taking uh, horses to Idaho Falls one year for Sean Davis, and it was during Sydney, Montana, which was Dad's old hometown rodeo, and Dad took a load of horses over there, and they're like, well, who, John will flank them? I mean, I was... 15 or 16 you know i flanked all them horses well typical deal they're not i'm not getting along too good i'm having some re-rides <laughs> and so Which happens so typical deal i start trying to get more flank more i'm like i gotta make these some bucks buck you know well i'm getting so much flank that i'm not getting any flank if you know what i mean right i can't even get it to come together re-ride after re i mean it but if you want to be humbled be a stock contractor because your best horse will make you look like a fool about every 10 trips. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just, you're like, this is the time. Like, this is the horse that I'm going to show you something. And then you're like, oh, shit. Like, you can't get off the back of the buck and shoot fast enough. <laughs> oh. You know? <laughs> it's just, but I, it, you know exactly what it's like if you've ever been in that situation. Because it's, like, even when Craig flanks or whatever, when you pull that flank and one really bucks, it's like... Like you get a jolt through your body of oh. like accomplishment, and you know exactly what I. Yeah, for real. And and you know we were gonna bring it up uh, when we were in San Angelo. Which, by the way, not talking shit, Hambone, but we're not going to talk about San Angelo the entire time. We're <laughs> only going to mention them because Rumford 
I was cloudy. a ninety point ride for Craig at midnight. So it how the whole this whole story shaped up. Of course, Craig at midnight was a phenomenal horse, part of y'all's family. You know, named after Craig. So before we get to the story, the background on the horse, I know the story, but I want y'all to tell it how the Craig at midnight. Because Craig is like the nicest dude ever, but he gets a little party juice in him, and old Craig frees up. Oh, I'm telling not freeze, yeah, freeze, yeah, freeze. He gets he he gets it moving around. No, he uh, we were at Estes Park. Of course, we had that rodeo for 27 years, and uh, we had Vernal at the same time. So my dad was over at Vernal. My mom and I and Craig uh, went over to uh, Estes Park, and we were putting it on, and uh, <laughs> we had an excellent night. And and Craig at midnight, which was the horse, he just had the number six thirty three. We didn't even have a name on him yet, and his brother was Is named Midnight you didn't, Run. Want to, you didn't want to waste a good name until you saw him really take off. Not necessarily with him. We couldn't get him loaded, and we thought if we ever do get him loaded, let's see what he bucks like first. Well, he hurt himself at a college practice, and uh, we didn't uh, we didn't get a buck him until he was five. Well, when we got to take him, we took him to the deal. He blew through three fences, and we couldn't get him loaded. So we take him to Estes Park, and we're like, it's a good setup. I'm going to go ahead, and we'll get him loaded. It'll be fine. Well, Heath Heath Ford draws him. And Heath was kind of in his later age. Like, he was on the tail end of his deal. And, of course, he has the, the, you know, Craig at Midnight already has this persona of, of he's a bad son of a buck. Like, he's going to flip in the shoe. He was beautiful. You know, well, he has him. I mean, they've got him tied in both sides. They got his tail. I mean, this horse literally couldn't move if he tried. Anyways, gets out on him, and he bucks, and he wins a rodeo, and he's the horse is badass. And we're like, we've got to find out a good name for him. Well, we're sitting there. Of course, what you do after you get down with everything, there's nothing better than a good after – after rodeo beer. Plus, at Estes Park, when they used to have the bar right behind the bucking shoes, yeah. that was the tits. It was so awesome. You know, that actually started out of a uh, guy's uh, um, back of his truck. He would have two big coolers. His name was Chief. And that's where it all started. And then eventually, we turned it into a tent. Well, the first year we have the tent is this year that Craig Bucks. So, we're all sitting under this tent. And we're talking, we got to name that horse something cool. You know, he's going to go a long way. I, I, I feel that because I've been there when you, you've got to, like, you have a shot to name a horse. That is a big fucking deal. It is. It's, it's a huge deal. And so my mom, we're talking about, well, his older brother was named Midnight Run, B33. So we're talking, we're like, man, we need to, we need to name something cool, Midnight, you know, and we're talking. And, well, Craig gets up <laughs> and we'd been drinking a while and i don't know if he just stubbed a toe or if he was falling down or whatever well, we're in one of those tents where the pole in the middle holds the whole tent up oh shit craig catches himself on this pole and it damn near tears the whole damn tent down and we're all like oh gosh dang Clay. you know mom, we were like we ought to call it we, we ought to call him craig or something like that mom's like yeah craig at midnight and then it just kind of stuck and and uh for whatever reason, that name and, and I don't I can't stress the importance of a bucking horse's name. You can have a badass bucking horse and he has a shitty name, he ain't gonna go near as far as if he if they make their name. Craig at midnight, that's that's not, the first thing that comes to your mind is not a great bucking horse. But 
633, that big gray, he made that name. He did. You know what I mean? He made Craig at Midnight badass. There's people that still name gray horses or little ponies or whatever it is Craig at Midnight. He made that name, and that's what's special about a horse like that. Well, and, and Craig, for the time that you put in yeah. dealing with these horses, I mean, it's it's a cool thing to have a horse as kind of your namesake. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, and for him to go do what he did, and, you know, he kind of went up and down, and them guy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Drink up. Yeah. Them, uh, you know, he was really bucking and, you know, probably shouldn't have made the finals that that year, but they didn't want to take him. And, you know, he was a little wild in the shoot. And, you know, finally they got to trust in him and, you know, went on to win the world and it was badass. Yeah. And then and then went through a, a spell where, where they were going to blackball him. Like you go through this thing with these horses like they're your kids. Like, and, and Craig at midnight, after he breaks Stephen Peebles' back because they don't get the shoot gate open quick enough, now all of a sudden he's broke a guy's back. Like, we're not going to allow him to, uh, you know, go to the finals and this anymore because he hurt somebody, which I, I'm so sorry that Stephen got hurt. But in the same sense, like, you have to go through that now because the next weekend you go to the Chase Hawks and uh, the kid from South Dakota get on him. Um Gunderson. Oh, yeah, Shane. Uh, no. Joe. Dirty Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe gets on him. Of course, Joe's a, I mean, hell of a cowboy. And, shit, he just gets on him and rolls right on. It didn't bother him at all. And it kind of – then, you know, guys started getting back on him. And, you know, then we put him in the bronc riding there for a year. To, you know, just you, – you go through a lot of things with horses that people don't understand. Uh, you know, you got to build their reputation. It's it's a it's a um, kind of a roller coaster. For probably, sure. probably one of the rankest bronc rides I've seen was Jesse Wright at the Champions Challenge in Scottsdale on Craig at midnight. Yeah, he's first guy out in ninety points or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. That and was and if he would have been last out, I don't know how many points he. Oh been. yeah, I mean they didn't even know what it was was going to be like. Well, they had Craig at midnight out first because we didn't know if we could get out on him or whatever. Well, he stood like a shot dog, and Jesse's crawled out of there and i'm and jesse's got a big uh pencil drawing of it in his house and that's kind of a big deal for a contractor to have that kind of stuff in those guys' houses and and you know what i'm talking about you know like stetson and and all you know zeke all those guys they have so many great pictures mm-hmm. of so many great horses that they've rode for them to to you know have something that sticks out in their mind as one of the best bronc rides that they've ever had is really a, well a really to, cool. to be a part of their career. Yeah, because one thing I've I've noticed with horses, bulls, people, the turnaround. I mean, in the bareback riding, uh, there's guys that just like you said, Heath Ford, and you think, oh shit, I, Heath Ford just kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do you know Luke Luke Creasy? Yeah. He's riding all of a sudden. You think we're Wait, did he quit? Where's he at? Yep. Uh, Cody Kaiser, remember that tall, skinny yep. Cody Kaiser? Yep. And um, you just the the turnaround Matt, of that Matt, or Matt Bright? Uh, there, yeah, Matt Bright. Yeah, he rodeoed with uh, to the NFR and then just you know, and he got he had some you know injuries and stuff. But it's funny, and and I talk about it a lot with the uh, the PRCA board. Like I'm on a lot of the the different boards and stuff, trying to make rodeo better. Um. You know, cowboys they come and go so fast, and uh, for for uh, and I feel like that's not knocking at anybody. No, that's just that's rodeo general that, talking. That's the general sport. That's the sport we're in. You, 
just like you know Casey Fields. He's he's got he's thirty some years old. He's same age as I am. We grew up together, and he's at the very end of his career. But like as a stock contractor, I'm like maybe one of the youngest guys there is. Like I mean, gotta, everybody. It's like the old song: "You're always seventeen in your hometown." Yeah, you know that people are like that. Got that damn kid. Oh, TJ Quirko used to always be baby anchor, you know, because he was, you know, Jim's son, baby anchor. Well, they started calling me baby powder way back, way back, you know, when we used to take horses to Oklahoma City. You know, I mean, it just, it's a, that was for the uh, Ram finals that one year, which only lasted like a year. Yeah, I clowned it like, that year. We like, had beer in your hotel room. There was actually like 12 people there, I think. And that was and I, I entertained the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. You but did, you know, you did a great job. But back to it, like the horses, like it is cool that to to those guys that yeah. that, that animal, you know, made a, a difference in their lives. And because the, the more we get away from uh, agriculture and the Western way of life, and, you know, on Rump Chat, we, we promote ag and, and, um, you know, I, I hate animal rights activists. Like I get it that they want to uh, make sure animals are treated good. I love animals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fucking the love same. animals. I, I, I've, I've always, the reason that I've been so, uh, so much a part of the rodeo business, not just from clowning. Cause I love, I, I came up a day early here just to watch for charity. Yeah. Just to be a part of it, to watch the horses. And, and I, I really feel like some of these animal rights people, if they would put down their swords and go in with a good attitude yeah. and say, man, let us, let us c- come to our ranch. And, yeah. and you know, with your, with your social media and, and I've got to watch you before the finals with your, with your feeding regiment and you got each horse in a pen, they got their own buckets and they're on their own, they're on different uh, workout schedules. And, and uh, when it's 40 below in, in Wyoming and you're out there, yeah. you know, putting out hay and freezing your ass off and taking care of your stock, like, uh, like I said, I, I shouldn't say that I hate animal rights activists. I just wish that they would understand. They don't understand. From a a rodeo contractor, we don't. We're not going to buy a Ferrari and mess it up. Yeah, it, there's just a it, there's a knowledge gap that they just don't understand. And and but the the problem I have with activists are they don't want to understand. Well, it's like arguing with somebody. It. It's right. like arguing with somebody on Facebook. You're never going <laughs> to say anything that they're going to go. You know what? Yeah. Now that you said that. I got to agree that you're yeah. correct. You're, you know what? You're right. No, that doesn't happen. That never happens. On anything on, are you not just with animals, but anything on Facebook? Like, yeah. it's just like if you like Trump or if you don't like Trump, you know, somebody's like, I hate Trump. And then 600 comments. Like the person goes, so, you know, after all these comments, I think I will vote for Trump. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what the, the animal rights people don't understand about the stock contractors is we put our whole lives. Our, our financial lives, yep. we put everything on the line for these animals, and you work so hard, especially the horse game. The horse game's tough. Now, the bull game, not saying that's not tough, but yeah, it's different. the bull game is totally different. The horse yeah. deal, and that's why everybody is so – that's why, you know, Pete Carr bought $1 million worth of horses. The horse game is a rough game because it's hard to put that many together. It is. There's – there's less than five guys, probably six, if you even kind of fabricate it a little bit, that can put a straight load of horses together. 27. And I think you, it's... You can't hardly do that. And even with Pete buying those horses, which I'm not not cutting Pete by any means, but the one thing that I... He put a, he put a lot of money into getting those horses, but I've done the same for a lot longer 
raising them. Right. It's really easy to go buy a great bucking horse. You, that horse is really good. I think I'll add him. If you can do that, good on you. But to go through 40 head for 15 years to find that one horse, that's a lot harder and still cost you the same amount of money. Well, yeah, because when you figure, what do you guys figure? So once once the colt's on the ground, you you have feed and labor to take care of that animal in, for what probably six, six, seven years before you're hauling. Yeah, I mean. Four years till we do anything with them, you know. Get them in three-year-olds and shoot break them, you know, go through all that. But, I mean, they turn out on pasture, paying grass, you know. Yeah. I mean, they, it's a lot of money before you even know what they are. Where do the horses come from? Right. Everything, that, everything that's at the NFR, you have to realize, started out as a baby colt somewhere in a pasture and was raised for three or four years before he was touched and then groomed, was, was patterned for years before he got to the NFR. Right. You know, there's very seldomly horses, you know, Miss Congeniality is an exception. She was, she's a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer. She went as a four-year-old. Bucks off Billy Etbauer takes him out of the world's race. What a As dick. A you guys bucked off Billy Etbauer. That's, that is that's a, a dick, dick move. move. Yeah, and like <laughs> one of my favorite all-time bronc riders, but those type of horses don't come around very often. Usually seven, eight years old, getting into the NFR, then they're solid. The, the four-year-old. So that doesn't happen very often anymore, but it's a different day and age. You it know, is so different. Uh, Cheyenne Frontier days, they couldn't get any outs on uh, Qaddafi. So Harry says, we'll just put him in the short round. They'll have to get on him. Like that, you could not do that this day and age. And then Bruce Ford gets on him. He's 90 and is one of the only guys to ever come in 15th place. And, and back first. then it was hard to get a 90. 90s weren't, that was, like, not yeah. knocking nowadays, but you know? back in the day you weren't just 90. Yeah, yeah. and social media has changed that so much. Uh, we talk uh, – just like you're talking about the Cowboy Channel and all that, it's been great for our company because it's exposed us to the world on how great of a performance and a production we put on and also the quality of our animals. You know, if you didn't see it, then you can't tell. Well, now they'll watch Heber City on at the same time as they watch Dodge City, and they're like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Depending on, I'm just – I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying that – No, you're, you're that telling the truth. People look at it, and they're like – and, and not only that, they've been getting told by other co- the contractor of their rodeo how great they're doing for years. Now, all of a sudden, they're seeing what that contractor either brings to another rodeo or they're seeing what else is out there, and they're like, we either need to step it up or we're not having the Cowboy Channel. We're not going to be embarrassed. But, however, if we're real talking here, you can't take every good horse to every rodeo you go to. No. And the key, You can't. The key is, in my personal opinion – is to make sure that the cow you fit the horses to the cowboy and make sure that they ride some and they get bucked off some. But the biggest deal is is to keep those horses in bunches. Keep them horse don't 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 let the your best horse and a colt buck in the same perf. Right. It's not fair to the cowboy. He needs to be able to come on and get get on a horse and have a chance. And I think that ch- changes the way you sort your horses for the rodeo. And and you're exactly right. Like you can't take Miss Valley, and I, and I even tell our committees that. There's she, any committees, and you don't have to name names, but do you go, well, by God, it was nice of you to not bring that horse here. I yeah, mean, you know. Because committees are starting to get a lot more knowledgeable about shit. They are. And, and, but what, they, uh, what I tell them up front is Miss Valley, 
she gets 10 trips a year. Now, if you want to be one of those rodeos that have her, then you obviously have to pay enough to make me take her from a different rodeo. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So Miss Valley, of course, she doesn't go to a smaller rodeo, but this is this is your size of rodeo, and this is what you get. You can't, and, and I'm going to be up front with you. Like, she's not going to come here. She, you'll probably get her cold. You'll get the cult out of Miss, you know, Miss Valley, and she'll really buck, and that cowboy will have a chance. But you can't take them everywhere, and that's one thing. That particular straight load, what I call the juice, and that's why I named my truck that. I love it. I mean, when that truck pulls in, the juice is here. Come on. Juice. Yeah. But, juice but is here. When we get to, you know, I pull into Reno, Red Bluff, Caldwell, like those, those are they are expected to be there, and that's where they show off. But you only get to see them so often. Those particular horses only go so much. Well, and and I because you don't want to wear them out. I mean, they're well, your livelihood. You and you have to take you have to obviously watch your investment. You know. Yeah. Um, but and I'm not like I said I'm not knocking rodeo committees because rodeo committees pay me all my money. However, they're the backbone. Rodeo. There are rodeo committee guys that are great people bankers lawyers own feed stores they're not knowledgeable on the rodeo end because they work their one rodeo a year yeah and i think before the cowboy channel um you know uh those guys didn't they weren't aware so i think not being in stock contractors but uh being around it as i am all the time i i think that that has changed because i have heard these committees be like They've told me, you know, at rodeos, be like, well, I wish that, you know, where's old so-and-so at? Why didn't they bring him here? You know, we yeah. we give them a 10% raise. And they, I'm like, well, you know, but we're at a two-perf rodeo in central Kansas. Like, yeah. you know. No, I mean, and, and, and they want to put on the best rodeo they can get with the per- people that they got. I understand that. But until that contractor lets you down, you don't have the right to say that. Cause, right. Because here's the deal. Um, if I buck Miss Valley on – the last perf of Bell and the first perf of Vernal's only a day away, and they want her there. She's not going to be as good, right? It's like baseball, you're not going to start your same pitcher. Like exactly, you go the like, bullpen. And and I I map that stuff out in in April where where these horses are going. And then not only that, but you have to think about it's just like it's like having a football team. And yeah, you got to know when to. I got to pull them. Not pull starts them. also. You got to be thinking if this horse gets hurt, I got to make sure that she has her trips for the finals. You know, like if if she's going like uh, Beth the Ranch, she gets sore easy because she bucks so hard. Um, or just horses are mean animals. I don't think people understand that horses in a herd are assholes. Yes, they will kick, they will fight, they will bite, they will knock you. Like horses are not. I hate when people walk up to a bucking horse and come here, baby, come here. Like the horse going. <laughs> Who this motherfucker? Oh, you yeah. know what they're saying, baby? Hi, uh, come pet me. You know, yeah. fuck that shit. Yeah, well, you know, these are these are mean fucking animals. Well, not only that, but like bucking horses are are so. You don't know what's happening right now out, out at the pens. Like we go check on them, but as soon as we leave, they change. Right, and uh, we're we're very proactive in keeping horses gilding mares, even when we truck them, even when, even in the back pens. Everybody's like, "Well, why well, you got to keep your horses separate?" It's not that I have to, but I want that horse to have his. You're trying best to set him up to have the the best opportunity. Be successful, to win, absolutely, you know? every time. Like this is not the same, but kind of. So it was like when we were in middle school. And even like our first two years of high school, uh, 
the volleyball team and the football team played like on Thursday nights at the same place. But the guys had to ride on a different bus than the girls. <laughs> like the volleyball team yeah. had to take a different bus than the guys, even though we had all fit on one bus, because they said there was too much grab assing. Yeah. I feel like that's a, uh, we're talking about studs and mares now. Well, but you know, like <laughs> uh, Rafter G, they, they do all, they keep everything split, yeah. gilding. Uh, and you know, the, the thing too is uh, that I've, and I've told you this before, in, in the stock contracting deal, Everybody has their own way of doing things. Yeah. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just the way that they do it. Yeah. You know, some people run run horses into the alley and then put grain in. Others do it right in there. Some people run them through several times. Some don't. But the funny thing is, in stock contractors, when you get them together, like if one dude, if you got a company that's done the same way for 30 years, and another company does it the other way. They're like, oh, these stupid bastards. You know, like, it's uh, just crazy like that. Well, I will say, when we get to the circuit finals and Barty has to sort their horses with the slide gate because they can't sort them, I mean, you do kind of raise an eyebrow. I'm not saying that well, that's the wrong way to do it, but it is my favorite to watch. My favorite Barty <laughs> story, I worked Moab, Utah, oh, geez. like 2014, I think. And, uh, you know, actually, you know me. I think I was there, actually. I cruise around a little bit. Well, so they got a day cab, Pete, <laughs> hooked onto like a 74 oh, yeah. it's Merit still, pot. It still comes. It's like a horse close. pot. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Jeff Linton's out by himself, you know. there's no Everybody had left, and I was like, man, you know, I'll go over there. This is the day after the rodeo, and no one's around. And I was just going to, I don't know, somewhere close. Yeah. So I was like, hey, man, uh, you need some help? He's like, sure, man, thank you. So he hands me a snow pole, like one of those plastic yeah. poles that you put so you don't hit a fire hydrant. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, all right, how many do you need? He's like, 20. I'm like, okay, you want two and then one? 20. <laughs> okay, I know how many, but do you want them one at a time or yeah. two at a time? You know, yeah. stacking, you know, stacking the truck. He's like, I want 20 at a time. I'm like, nah. Yeah. yeah. Quit, quit choking me. So anyhow, I was like, all right. So I try to let 20 buy. Started trying to cut him off at 15, and we ended up having 21 on. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, you want to run him back off? No, they're fine. Quam, slam the door. Yeah. It's funny, too, because, like, they're at circuit finals or wherever. I mean, that's true. They just, but I, I'm not but saying it's That's wrong the way they've done it. And those horses, they actually go on there and head and tail themselves and fit just fine. If I did with that with mine, I'd list at least two broken legs, at least. <laughs> like, there's no way that I could do that. Hips run off the gate. Oh, gates. yeah. Well, even when you load people on an airplane, I mean, but the size you can't of, just put everybody in the in the uh, lead up at once. Yeah. You have to, like, Southwest, the A group. Yeah. You can't just go, okay, we got 150 people. Everybody get on. Yeah, yeah. There would be a fight, Craig. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and I will say the size of their horses, they can fit like 30 in the same spot as we fit 10. So That's true. Like <laughs> like your guys. We, yeah, we're chunky. I call them tall. trailer shakers. It's like when Cullen Pickett brought his load of horses to Waco a couple years ago, where most people get maybe 15 on that, that gooseneck. Yeah. Had nine. Yeah. And, and it was, it was full. full. <laughs> it was full. They got, they got off with the little sweat marks on their bellies. Oh, yeah. yeah you know what's funny about fine. that? Like, I've actually been on the Southwest flight when it's hot where – I've got up with my butt cheek touching the guy beside me is where we've had the bucket horse sweat. Have yeah. you ever done that, Craig? Yeah. You got a big ass kind of. Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, that's that's okay. Not good. That's why I hate flying. I do too. 
I'm, I'm not a good, but you know, it's almost the same. Okay. Everybody ease on, ease on down the alley to the old airplane and yeah. get your spot. But you know, the, the trucking deal we have from chat, we have tons of truckers, but, uh, that follow us and you know, uh, what are we doing normally when we, when we listen to it? Truck trucking. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a bit like, I love trucking and, and that's another part of stock contracting. It don't matter how good your shit is. You got to have a cool truck when you pull up. I've been giving Will O'Connell so much shit about his automatic Volvo that he has actually <laughs> sold Volvo. it and got a cut. He got a he got a T nine hundred Kenworth now, which is a step up. Yeah. But like uh, your blue, your guys' blue truck with the twenty three for Gaddafi, yeah. it's got a bronze of Gaddafi on the hood. It's actually a miscongeniality. Bob, oh, Bur- is it? Bob Burkhart made that. Uh, for Calgary, uh, for the bronze for Calgary, and that's an actual bronze. We had to reinforce the hood. Like that thing is thirty something. Oh, uh, the one I was thinking about on TJ Corco's green Kenworth is mm-hmm. slippery. Yep, which was uh, Bucking Horse of the Year that actually died uh, suddenly before the final, before you yeah. get it bucked. Yeah. Um, when we talk about loving Bucking Horses, I remember when they give Jim Corco the uh, um, the deal for winning the bucking horse of the year and i don't remember i think it maybe was randy corley but he said you know he said mr corco he said your horse uh bucking horse of the year died unexpectedly and and we know you love that animal tell us what it's like jim corco you know well i tell you (laughs) you remember when you were a little boy and your dog got hit by a car that's how i feel right now And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember uh, first time Craig, uh, Craig's going to work for me. So we're, we're down at a bulldog in school and we're putting on a bulldog in school for Jace Honey. We did it for years and, and uh, Craig goes to bulldog in school and uh, gets a call while we're drinking beer. And he's like, I just lost my job. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I said I was supposed to be there today. I told him I wasn't going to. So I guess I lost my job. I was like, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. And, of course, Craig's pretty easy going. Well, he uh, decides, he's like, well, I said, well, I, I'm going to Pocatello next week. And he said, I could really use your help. Uh, um, you know, definitely come with us and see if you like it or not. We get down there, and uh, TJ Corco's there. And, you know, they built all the arena down there in the bottom. And Craig's like, who's the guy with the vice grips on his, in, like, oh, yeah. his pocket? And I was like, that's Jim Corco. I was like, contractor you know uh i couldn't get this gate or whatever pin so he's like well don't you got any number nine number nine wire oh and my i was God. like so i feel like an idiot i look at craig and i was like what the hell is number nine <laughs> number nine wire that's yeah, a no, corko thing i know and i didn't realize so now of course every time we need to wire something up you know for the last 15 years craig's been with me i'm like you got any number nine <laughs> gotta wire it up with my did you ever think that that would lead to your rodeo where you are at today, Craig? I mean, no, because it was. What what job did you have that you got fired from? Well, I was riding uh, cutting horses for a guy, and he had a bunch of outside horses, and just kind of doing that stuff. And I didn't really like it all that well, so it didn't really hurt my feelings. But... Yeah, he was not mad at all. I was yeah. like, "You just lost your job." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I got fired uh, when I worked for Benny. I got fired like once a month. <laughs> Well, John, he was like, well, let's go up there. So I drive up there. I get there the day of my birthday, oh, actually, gosh. that day. That was a rough night. So he was like, shit, it's your birthday. Let's go have some beers. So we go have some beers, way too many, and then we got to get up and start loading. And shit, I've never been – I mean, I've always been a timed event guy. 
I didn't know nothing about the rust stock in. And uh, we go to load bowls, and uh, <laughs> he goes, go get them six bowls. So I go bring them. Well, I get them in the pen, and they start fighting and about wreck me out the first day. Yeah. We go to Pocatello. We do all that, and then we get back. and um, Tell me about the story about uh, – Ducking and diving to that horse and Chad oh, so bowing to you. When it comes down that big old, you know. That ramp, yeah, I yeah, remember Pocatello, it. Chad Birch is, uh, it was his horse, and he was like, stop that horse, stop that horse. And I'm just standing out there waving my arms trying to be big. And this horse is, and I was like, he ain't going to stop. So I try to dive out of the way while that horse dives with me. And we're just going back and They're forth. cutting each other in the he alley. Juked yeah. He juked and he juked. Yeah, and the horse just stops and just turns around and walks off. Chad Birch comes over, gets on his knees, and starts praising me. <laughs> Which you don't know that you. Good you job, fucked. my friend. Good yeah. job, my friend. Yeah, way to stand your ground, my friend. <laughs> like, no, that was an accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was no. like, I was scared. I was literally trying to get out of the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But and then we got back, and um, I think we went to Guyman or had to go to Guyman a couple weeks. And Lori was like, "Well, what do you got going on?" And so I guess go back to Colorado, see what uh what I can do. And she's like, "Well, you might as well hang out for another week. Go to you know." Guyman and I said all right I'll do that and then I haven't been home for back to Colorado for about 12 years so we laughed the other day we're in Midvale you know and an old guy in Midvale's our our home bar right there and uh I said boy Craig it's been a long run I said the first time we used to come here and drink bush lattes Ooh, and bush. you know eat chicken fried steaks now we're drinking water having a salad and we're both getting married yeah. <laughs> yeah. good for things, you guys things have changed but you know one thing about it, uh, the, the nice thing about our deal is like, I don't have to, I don't have to think, and Craig doesn't have to think about what we're thinking, right? Like, and you know that as stock contractor, like to have that right hand man where I don't have to be like, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Or you don't have it's to explain, done, it. and he's already a step ahead of me doing something that we need to get done, and it just that the ability to have that guy go to the rodeos, know where the hay's at. Know the guy to talk to to get the key for the hay. Get Not going to make you look like an uh, asshole to the committee. Absolutely. And then the first thing everybody asked us when we get down to Vegas, you know, Kara and I, we were down there. And the first thing, everybody's like, well, where's Craig? I was like, Craig's not coming this year. What? Why? I was like, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but he's feeding the animals and getting the colts ready. It was awfully nice. I told John, I said, I don't know if he'll ever get me back to Vegas unless I have to. Because it was quite amazing. Cause, and uh, we had 44 coming three-year-olds that i that was a, one of my favorite things to do is shoot break and get them colts in and you know mess with them and so got to do that and heck it was 20 degrees and it was best days ever yeah well you know i think no matter how much you love the nfr and uh how awesome las vegas is there is not a better feeling than putting on your dirty shitty clothes and getting home and just going out yeah. and you know, I don't even have – I got three steers and five horses, you know, on my little ranchette in Oklahoma. But just getting in my Kawasaki mule and driving out, and it's like, oh, thank no. God I'm out of that terrible, terrible, terrible place. There's no better feeling than popping over that hill and seeing the lights of Vegas. And there's absolutely no better feeling than driving out of and that you got the bitch. hell out of town. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're... weren't you out at like 5 o'clock in the morning the day I was, after? I was. We were actually... Uh, we were actually in Salt Lake City, Utah, at noon. Like we were hauling ass. <laughs> like Kara's like, "You ready to leave?" I said, "Babe, let's get gone." We were the first truck well, out of there, which you are every year. The stock contractors have to stay in Vegas a long time. So they're seventeen days. Don't you think that's a little early? Oof. Duh. 
And that's actually the funnest part is the first couple of days where you get to see all your committees and stuff for the convention. They just want to drink beer and stuff. But by the time the rodeo actually starts, you're so fucking tired of being there that you're like, I don't, Speaking can we go which, home Karen, now? Can I have one more of these yeah. or two? Actually, My lovely yeah, assistant. I love this ranch water. The, hey, can we just keep talking after this deal's over? Yeah. This is a lot of fun. No, we're not done talking. Yeah, this is rum chat. Um, but you know, the, the Vegas thing, it, it is like you work so hard. And you prepare for the finals, and then it gets there, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah. you can't wait." And we sit at so that bar, and dad buys beers for all the committee guys walking by, and we just have, you know, I don't care. Like, thank my, you. My dad is by far the most fun person in the world to party with. Like, it's beer after beer and bear down. I have yeah, loved no your quitting. dad. I've, you know what, we've talked Hank Franzen on this show. And we always tell him and then let him listen to it, by the way, so. <laughs> I've, you know, when I first met Hank was in Colby, Kansas, when I seen him fist punch, uh, he punched a, a dent in the side of a Wilson pot. Uh, Franzen used to hire my dad, and, and we would we would bring some stock, and we would pick up, and we brought a fighting bull to McCook one year when we had to, they had to have a bull for the Mexican poker. And uh, so me and Jeff Rector, we went up. Jeff was picking up, and we brought a fighting bull. And this fat chick got in the circle of fear, and our fighting bull hit her in the ass and exploded her Rockies, and everybody saw her butthole, everybody there. Um, and then, you know, me and Jill, when we were running around, we stole a uh, – this is at McCook, which is no longer a pro rodeo, so I can say this now. Uh, we stole a John Deere Gator, and they had uh, the stock held in with snow fence. And I wasn't paying attention because we were we – were, 15 or 16 and boozed up and ran through the snow fence and then later that night we commandeered the bucket machine and and uh, we we've all had pretty yeah. good time but hank hank is one of the toughest dudes like and, and everybody loves hank and hank is what i love about hank is hank is hank he's not gonna bullshit you around and you know i mean He's who there's he, no there's no PR. If he wants to tell you to fuck off, yeah. he'll tell you to fuck off. And he's not going to lighten it up, you know. You know, and that's a I don't know. Like I, I'm actually uh, I really take pride in that because you know. Eh, cheers. Yes. Um, Gold buckle beer. You know, it's it's uh, it's so cool to have a, a a person in your life that you know there's no bullshit. When I talk, when we talk horses, we talk anything. There's no getting around. Like we're very straightforward people. But it's also you can see that when a committee man or somebody talks to Hank, they know their his handshake is as good as anything in the world, and that is probably the most proud thing I am for for being Hank's son. Is there ain't no bullshit with us? Yeah, we're not screwing with you. If we say something, we'll do it, and that and that means a lot for our company. I think that's the integrity that we have. Well, and I wish there was more of that, and and that's one thing that Hambone and I with Rump Chat. Where we've we really man, we're just gonna tell it how it is. We're not gonna, you know, beat around the bush because we we want it to be real. And Hank is if Hank thinks something stupid, he will tell you, hey, that was stupid. Yeah. And almost, I almost really appreciate that more the older I get because I'd rather know, you know. Yeah. You uh, know, like some of those committee guys, like back in the day, we got one that uh, he got yelled at for not nodding his head, and he's still kind of pissy about it to this day but like if you look back at it if you're honest with yourself can you look back and honestly say that you were in the right like yeah. you're mad at hank for getting mad at you but in the same sense 
he was just telling like it is, and you're mad because he was right. <laughs> yeah, Hank, Hank has actually got after me a few times. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, well, some bitches, what am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, fuck off. Yeah. Um, I want you to talk about the coolest fucking thing ever. The Casey Fields uh, getting on two-buck chuck on the Great Salt Flats. Un-freaking-believable. If you don't know anything about rodeo or bucking horses and you watch that, it is it was a feat. Yep. You know, Talk you, us through that whole deal. I know you've told the story, but not on Rub Chat. But un, unbelievable. How'd that whole deal start? Well, it started with I'm in my little home gym at home working out, and I get a call from Casey. And Casey's one of my best friends from when one we were One of the greatest guys up. ever. I mean, he is, he is rock solid. But if you know Casey at all, first of all, if you get a call from him, you're an important person, first of all, because he doesn't call anybody. <laughs> and he also doesn't answer his phone, ever. Yeah, so no, if we've he, tried to call him on Rump yeah. Chat like 90 times. Yeah, he's no, never answered. Yeah, no. And, I mean, I'd love to see if I could call him right now and him actually answer, but, like, I don't want to be embarrassed because he probably won't answer. But, so, I get a f- call from him, and I'm like, gosh, that's really cool. So, I answer. I was like, what's up, Casey? You know? We're buds. And he's like, John, I got this. I got this idea. And he's like, I'll just tell you about it. And he and uh, you, you guys need to go watch Unbroken because it's a it's a really cool story. And he had a dream. He d- dreamed that he was riding a bareback horse out on salt flats. And uh, he's telling me about it. And I'm like, man, that, that's really cool. He's like, would you be interested in in bucking a horse for me out there? And I was like, absolutely. Did you I, think I in your mind even... he's thinking in an arena? Yes, I had to ask him because I, I was like, I got you. I was like, well, do you need the panels? Like we could we could rent or whatever, Can you know, preferred or whatever. So we're, you know, or we could get Red River or whoever we needed to, to get some stuff out there. And uh, he's like, no, like set a buck and shoot in the middle of salt flats and buck him. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, because I like stuff like that. First of all, I'm adrenaline junkie. I like doing shit that's never been done. When when this is all over, when I die, somebody will be able to say, "Remember that time they bucked two buck chuck out on Salt Flats, and I was a part of that." And that was a really that was it's bigger than rodeo for me. Well, and the thing about Casey is where he is in his career, and the kind of he could have called anybody. Yeah, and he told me that you know orig- originally he thought of Virgil. But well, the thing about it is he didn't go towards the bottom of the barrel. He wasn't just trying to get no a horse. He wanted. A horse. Which he, he needed the horse. That blew my mind. Like, yeah. what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that was a, uh, so he said, I originally thought maybe a Virgil, but he said the, the first thing I thought of, who, who can I talk to that actually pulls it off, thinks about the logistics. And he said, you're, you're the guy that I needed. Because it's not, it's not just bucking the horse out there and then saying, well, see ya. It's the logistics of getting him out there. It's the logistics of once he's bucked, how do we get the flank? How do we get Casey off safely? How do we get him back in? Like, there's lots more that we're talking about and what we're thinking now, of. Logistically, if you put this on paper, I mean, just just to anybody. Okay, we're going to put one buck and shoot, no pins, just a buck and shoot in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. We're going to put one of the rankest horses in pro rodeo in that shoot yeah. with no arena, just one shoot alone we're, in the middle of nowhere. We're in that. We're an hour from civilization, and so if something goes bad, 
it you're going to be hurting a while. We're just going to open the gate and buck them. Yeah. That sounds and I don't mean this rude to anybody. That sounds so stupid. Like yeah. on paper, like when Kate, even you had to go. When Casey Wait a asked minute, me, he's like, "You're like honestly." He's kind of fishing, you know. He's like, "What do you think about that?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, like absolutely." He's and I was like, "I was like, so tell me, tell me more about it. Like, what what do we need? What do we? When do we want to do it? Blah blah blah." I said, "I'm in 100." percent And he's kind of hinting around, "What, well, John? I can't really get anybody to help me do this. Nobody." Casey and us, we actually produced this whole thing, that particular scene and all that, like, for no money, for nothing. We did it, and then we actually had to show what we did to Ariot before they ever even wanted to buy into the damn deal. For what? So we didn't do, like, I've not to this particular day, I've never been paid one red cent for what we did. Are you fucking and kidding? And even, even at, at this point... They won't allow me to use the video or the great picture for my own promotion when it's of my horse. Yeah, just all I know is if you're out there listening to this, buy Cinch. Cinch Jeans and Shirts is the yes. best company that you could ever be with. I've been with them for 15 years. Yes. They're the greatest people on earth. Amen. That, amen. That's all we need to say about that. All I just uh, – and, and it wasn't anybody's – I told Casey – because I wanted it to work. I wanted it to be a good deal for him. I told Casey, later on down the line, you get rich, kick me back something. But until then, didn't want a damn thing. Didn't want a damn thing. Well, I mean, the it thing was because, of it is... It was because of what we were getting out of it. It's for the love of the game, Absolutely. a little bit of that, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. It, it was because we were going to be a part of something that no one else will ever and, be able to say it, they did When I first us. saw it, and we're going to put videos on Instagram... Uh, to show when I first saw like the picture, I was like, I thought it was photoshopped. Everybody did. I thought it was photo because in this day and age with digital photography and all the shit that people can do, I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, you know. Photoshop. I was like, that ain't photoshopped. Yeah. What? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay, all right, okay. Like, how'd you do that? Like, good idea, but no. What was the like to build up? Like, he picked that horse. So he said, he said, would you be interested? Or did he give you an option of horses? No, in his mind, he thought of this black and white. Everything we did was the salt flats were white. We were all wearing black. That was in his his head of how he wanted it. And in his mind, he really originally thought Tubuck Chuck was more of a black and white paint. Like before, and he's a roan paint, but with black around his eyes and stuff. So he fit the deal. But um, he knew he wanted that horse when he called me. But I knew that that was the only horse that we could do it successfully with. Because Chuck, he's a lover. I, I, contrary he, he, to what everyone sees. did he knock sees, your dad's face off? Twice. At the filming? Almost, yeah, at the filming, plus in Vegas the first year he went. Um Bit a chunk out of his arm. Bit a chunk completely out. So he's a lover. He just might kill you. I've, I've, like uh, Craig. (laughs) No, I've broke him to lead and stuff, like, and petted on him. Like, he's a lover. Did you have to do that leading up? Like, how much time did you have from the time Casey called you to the time you shot the, the shot? What, two, two months, probably? I don't know. But it, our biggest deal was, is I took my pickup horse, Kimosabi, and I started pinning him with, 
uh, two buck Chuck. So that was his that was his go to pal. They palled around, and even Chemo got picked on pretty good. Like I felt bad because two buck Chuck would beat his ass once in a while, but I kept them together long enough to where I knew when shit got south and we're out there in the salt flats. I'm on Kimo Sabi's back, and that is Two Buck Chuck's buddy, and he's not going to leave him. And that was that was that was probably the biggest deal that we we did before the deal. Just so so they put him in. So you put him in for two months. So he was buddied up. So when yeah. Casey got off, because that's so I to reiterate this. This is the Great Salt Flats. There's no no nothing. I mean, it's just acres and acres and acres of yeah. openness. Yeah. And we were kind of nervous, you know. There's, we didn't know what the ground was going to be like, and it was like a sponge. It was so, but all you could hear out there, that salt flats was hard, but all, I mean, you could hear the, I mean, you could hear every hoof beat hit the ground. It was such a cool feeling. And um, we were, were you, nervous. Were you guys all nervous as shit, though? Well, see, that's, that's what happened. That's why. What if he would have hung up? That's why uh, uh, Two Buck Chuck um, got my, my dad. We did probably thirty minutes of pictures and filming with Casey on his back before before anything happened. So two buck Chuck sits in the in the buck and shoot for at least forty five minutes, probably. Wow! And then all of a sudden, okay, let's do it. Now we're ready to go. Well, everybody, now we're jazzed up. How many people were out there? Nobody accounted for two buck Chuck and how he was feeling. You know, like everything's cool now. Everybody's now we're getting ready and everybody's tense. If you don't think a horse can feel tension, I mean, you've never been around. How many anymore. people were there with your crew? Uh, not, not film crew, but like with just just the crew, like Powder River crew. Did you have like multi pickup men or no? It was uh, there was three pickup men. Who were and, they? And me. I'm gonna forget their. I don't one, yeah, and one one was a really good friend of Casey's dad. And oh, he, right. And Casey said, I want him to pick – and I know the guy's name, blanking it out now, but I want him to pick me up. Damn. Like, this is a big deal for me to have him pick me up. And the biggest deal I wanted, as I said, guys, I know this isn't what I normally would like you to do, but when, when after eight seconds – because what happens is, is I flank him. And then I jump off the back of the buck and shoot and jump on Kimosabi. Didn't the shoot about fall over at one point? Well, yeah, because it wasn't tied down to anything. It was wobbling around all over hell. So, I mean, it, just sitting on the back was a little sketchy. And then we had it planned out to where as soon as I flank, I get on Kimosabi and I fall. But the pickup man at eight, eight seconds, six seconds, they were going to start coming in. And I said, that he's going to mother up to you. Whatever you do, get the flank off. Before you get Casey, because when the flank comes off and then you get Casey, just pull off and come back to the shoots because that horse is going to look around. And he did. He stopped bucking and he looked around and he thought, holy shit, where am I? Like he didn't know he was anywhere else other than arena and probably the rankest trip I've ever seen him have. Yeah, it was it was it, unbelievable. If 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 Casey stubbed his toe. That was not in his dream to get jerked down by two buck chuck and salt flats. I promise you, and he t- and he'll tell you straight up, he he was bucking like he was. There was hard so to hold much shit that could have went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so glad it didn't because it was. If you think about the things done in rodeo, there's nothing cooler than that that's happened in 40 years. Yeah, and so <laughs> I go I go out there, I fist bump Casey, and we're just like, yeah, we did it. And two buck chuck's just kind of looking at us. He sees Kimo. How'd you get him caught? We pulled uh, two horse trailers, 
that we took out there. We pulled them up to the chute and had two prefert panels. Pulled the nose of the pickup up to the prefert panel and had a little lane to go back in the bucking chute so we could take his rigging off. I go out there. Well, I try to rope him, and I hate admitting this, but I miss. He slings his head. I miss. So I got, but it gets caught like kind of on his nose, and I don't want to rip his nose off, so I just drop my rope. So I jump off real quick to get my rope. Well, as soon as I jumped off, chemo, so he come right to chemo. And I was like, shit, this might work. So I just started leading chemo sabi, and two buck chuck was literally on his ass the whole way. I lead chemo sabi through the buck and shoot. Two buck chuck follows him in the buck and shoot. We take his rigging off, back my horse trailer up to the buck and shoot, load him in the trailer. This all takes place within an hour, the whole thing. From start to finish, one hour, and there is a huge dust storm coming. Like, it's not a great day to do it. And we that's the only day we had. We come out of Red Bluff, and Craig met me over there with Two Buck Chuck and Chemo. We stayed the night at Casey's house. And and Casey, he even said, like, when we pulled up there to his house with Two Buck Chuck and Chemo on, he looked at me and said, holy shit, this is real. He said, I've always thought, I'm in my mind, I'm ready. But he said, when that horse pulled into my, to my house, and you unloaded him, shit got real, wow. and it was it was just a um, it was a really cool thing to be a part of. The the horse bucked. The cowboy rode as good as he always does. I mean, it was epic. Everything about it. Was- well, and, and I would I would never ever bet against Casey because, as I've said on Rump Chat, I preach from the book of Casey. Yeah, but I just like looking at it, even in a guy that is involved in rodeo as I am. I'm thinking, holy shit, this this couldn't end well. Yeah, you know, I mean, the it could have went really south, and it could have been like bad. if he would have hung up on the salt plains on two buck chuck. Yeah, and you know, I never bet against two buck chuck either. You know, yeah, they're it's just they're two heavyweight titleists going at at it out on the salt flats. But it was all over, and you got them loaded. We're like, what the hell just happened? Well, then I. Of course, I'm like, Dad, are you okay? Because he's bleeding from yeah, the face. Yeah, because Hank got the shit <laughs> yeah. pawed out of him. When we didn't account for Two Buck Chuck. And I want to get that video to put on our Instagram, too, because okay. it's legit. Yeah, like, no, it's – and, and you know, Daddy just looks – of course, those cameramen, they're – you know, Rodrigo and that, they're like, sir, you're bleeding all over. Like, holy smokes. And they're just, like, taking pictures of my dad because he's, like, bleeding all over. And it's like – Dad's just like, it's all about the stories, boys. Like, that's going to be a hell of a wow, story. Like, that is so fucking I mean, cool. he literally – bit him on the arm and was shaking him around and shook my dad out of his, you know, like horses don't open their mouth. Like once they bite, they, they, they got a hold of you. Slung my dad around it. I mean, he's like, my face kind of burning, but he's like, my arm, it kind of actually hurts. Like on the way home, you know, it's just me and him just driving out through the salt flats back with the horses, you know? And I was like, holy shit, that was cool. You know, it, it I, I don't know if they'll ever be, here's the deal. No matter if anybody else ever wants to do that, they'll never be able to do it like we did it. You know what I mean? You can replicate that and do it somewhere else. Well, it's kind of a tribute to Casey, too, that... It is. I mean, he's confident enough in in his ability that he will take the baddest bitch in the world... Anywhere. ...in the middle of 24,000 square acres of nothing and crank his hand in a rigging. Yeah. You know, when I he mean, when he got off Justin, and they set him down, it, it, he didn't look at anybody, didn't do anything other. 
the self-gratification that he had. And he just, ah, like, it, and it was so cool to see. It was like Rocky Balboa knocking out the Russian. Like, I did it. Like, I'm the baddest son of a bitch in the world right now, you know? And, and I rode up there and fist bumped him, and I felt like I was a part of it. And I'll always remember that. I tell you what, but going back to what your dad said, that's what it's about. You know, earlier when we talked about making money and you told your fiance, we're not going to be rich. No. But, you know, fuck it. At the end of the day, that's all you got. The the, the stories and the friendships, yeah. that's the only thing that, that we're going to have. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I and I don't know if you would want to change change that out for money. If they if they told you beforehand, you know, and I don't even, haven't got any money from it, but if they just said, you know what, John, we're not going to pay you, but this is going to be the coolest thing you've ever done. You know, still, you probably still would have done it. Absolutely, I'd have still done. I mean, what dumbass would say, "I'm going to hold out"? No, if you're not paying me, yeah. Which no. I mean, I, I understand. It we wasn't all about be- the money to begin with. Like when we we talked about it. We never talked really figures or anything because I didn't care. I wanted to be a part of it because at that time, social media is starting to, to take off in rodeo. Like, right now, if you have a horse and he has a bad day at a rodeo, he is fucked. Yeah. He's got to buck five more times if they'll come get on him. So good that they'll start to come get on him again. Right. Like it, because now they see a video – they, and, and then that horse isn't no good, and everybody has. I mean, it just it runs so fast. Like social media has changed rodeo for good and for worse. I mean, you know, better for worse. It's it just it's changed the the game of rodeo. Oh, for hundred percent. But I will say, um, you know, our relationship, the relationships that we've had. I mean, heck, Justin, when I was rodeoing hard, you'd be trying to make things work and and uh, be truck driving for Benny. And it's not like I was going to call Benny and ask him if I could <laughs> sleep in his truck, but I'd get down to Tucson. I'd drive a drive a car all night, get down to Tucson, and then you and I were sleeping in the sleepers of <laughs> Benny's truck. And then that Free one place to stay, yeah, you know. And then you know Austin, you know, I dented up Benny's bumper because I was sixteen driving truck back and forth out to that ranch. And you told me whatever you do, don't say anything, never admit to it. And I said okay. That's you tear, but Benny should never say it was you. Yeah, no, and and but I mean, what a what a cool. Uh, there was only one time I thought you thought I was a big douche is when you called me and you're like, "Hey, can I stay with you in Loganell?" I was like, "Sure," and you knocked on my door and I just started this Netflix show that's all in Spanish. And John's like, "What the hell are you watching?" I'm like, I can't read that it. fast. Like, it was the shittiest this. movie I've ever watched in my life. It was not bad. It was actually a pretty good movie, it but was not good. Well, we're going to let you guys, what a great episode. Um, I tell you what, it's been an honor, honestly, to sit down and visit with you. And it's so cool to have you and Craig here and, and your fiance. When's the big day? Uh, February 25th. February. Ah, damn. During Montana. Yeah. Well, and you know, same deal. goes with rodeo. Uh, we either did it in February or we waited till the next February. Because that's the only time You're going to get married off. in Plains, Montana? No, uh, Billings. Billings. But all my Plains crew will be down there. And I will say that there will be some... There'll be some alcohol. Shotgun Willie's closed, I heard. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, congratulations to you and you too, Craig. And you got to give, you have to give a shout out. I got a text from your cousin. Yeah, oh yeah. Give a shout out to Justin and Tanya Jacobucci. Yeah, Justin Jacobucci has been a, in like 
been a part of rump chat since day number one and and uh done so much for for us as far as t-shirts and logos and ride hard t-shirts if you get a chance check them out um thank you to cinch jeans as john said gold buckle beer um pete car pro rodeo and you know what red river arenas they want you to rope in your own backyard they're not trying to knock out coliseums they just want you to have your own stuff so be sure to check them out and you need something rodeopatch.com and the new website is up and going so if you want to order anything from uh the rump chat store we're actually got a new partner with downtown threads in enid oklahoma so we will be be fulfilling all of our beautiful orders so thank you the powder river crew and we look forward to seeing you guys we gotta we did an hour 16 and that ain't shit we gotta do this again absolutely yeah, thanks but uh it's like bullshitting <laughs> it's like what we do anyway yeah. so good luck to you guys as we go into this new year and thank you guys for thank you guys us. for having yeah, me rumpchat.com everybody we'll see you later adios <laughs>